Not stop the music. No one. Stop the music. Breaking news. Senator Heidi Heitkamp's running for re-election. Oh, my goodness. You fall out of your chair? Yes. I'm actually standing. Oh. I actually fell over, and I had to get back up and compose myself. That is... Would, would, was there, were there still people in North Dakota under the impression that she wasn't running for re-election? Well, I mean, she had to take to her brother's radio show to, to do it, so I, I well. guess there must have been. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who, who raises... And, and uh, she ended the uh, second reporting period earlier this summer, the second reporting period of the 2018 election cycle, ended it, I think, with, with over $3 million in, in cash on hand. So I don't know of anybody who spends the first two quarters of an election cycle. Now, those are the, those are the months, the six months uh, at the beginning of the two-year election cycle. We still have, you know, till November of next year before this election she's already raised millions and millions of dollars i mean she could if she continues on the pace you know getting this sort of out of state money she's been getting so far she could break fundraising records and she wasn't running for re-election she's playing oh i might not run give me a break yeah so anyway i i, I think i think announcing it on her brother's radio station was more about maybe that radio station's ratings than other Perhaps. Other considerations. I, I hate to even talk about it too much. And by the way, this is the Rob Report on 970 AM 93.1 FM. You can call in 701-293-9000, Congressman Kevin Kramer joining us later in the program for his weekly open phone segment. I mean, listen, that that radio station in, in the 12-plus demographic, sort of those, those top-line numbers, I guess, that are released publicly, um, since spring of... Yeah, spring of 2012, which, which by the way, was, was the last time Heidi Heitkamp was on the ballot. Since spring of 2012, they've lost 45% of their, their, that 12-plus audience. I mean, their, their rating, their share has gone down over 45%. And, and what's, what's interesting about that is because everybody knows that radio station, which, of course, is managed by Heidi Heitkamp's brother, Everybody knows that it's going to be a propaganda outlet for Senator Heitkamp's reelection campaign. I mean, that's just the way it was. That's how it was in 2012 when she won a slim election, I think, by a few thousand votes. I think it was just over 3,000 votes, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, you know, it was a propaganda outlet. I wonder if, if the decline in that station's reach, and there has been a substantial decline, for a number of reasons, I wonder if that decline doesn't have implications for Heitkamp's re-election chances, right? Because if she loses a few thousand votes in the Red River Valley, you know, if, if the race is anything like 2012, that could be it. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, Heitkamp certainly got more name ID this time around. You know, she, she has pretty strong approval numbers, so I don't know if it'll come down to that close, but it's interesting. And it's also interesting how, again, you know, Heidi Heitkamp uses that. I mean, she, she's got the press in North Dakota treats her with such kid gloves all the time. And, and I think a lot of that is, is her staff is really, really hard on any media outlet or any any reporter or any commentator or whatever that is critical of the senator. You know, they send out the attack dogs and, and they they rake you over the coals pretty hard. Um and she also avoids critics. Uh, Senator Heitkamp refuses. Uh, her staff doesn't even respond to emails. When I send in requests for, for interviews or information or comment or whatever, they don't even respond to my emails. 
don't even respond. So Senator Heitkamp likes to play. She, she likes to play this, oh, I'm a centrist, uh, middle of the road, uh, you know, accessible, good old gal or whatever. Um, no, I mean, she, she's a hardball politician. She avoids critics like the plague. She likes using her brother's radio station as a propaganda outlet. And that's just the way it is. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. All of which, by the way, adds up to a much different Heidi Heitkamp than the one she likes to portray, uh, portray publicly. Actions, to my mind, speak louder than words. Karen, you're up. What's going on? Yes. Um, Heidi Heitkamp's actions are always for what's best for North Dakota. No, I, I, th- I think they're always for what's best for getting Heidi Heitkamp reelected. If Trump presents a bill that's good for North Dakota, Heidi will vote for it. That's why he brought her with when he came Heidi here. Heidi Heitkamp will play Heidi will play patty cake with Donald Trump for as long as it takes to get herself reelected. You, you trust me. The Heidi Heitkamp, this election cycle, this election year, this this year and a half leading up to election day, is going to be a much different Heidi Heitkamp in terms of tone and voting pattern than the one we see during the other, you know, roughly four years of her term when she doesn't have to worry about reelection. She's, She's still in favor of North Dakota no matter what, and that's going to continue. Well. I don't know if that's the case, Karen. Thanks for the call. I, I think Heidi Heitkamp's in favor of getting Heidi Heitkamp reelected. I, I, I think that's it in a nutshell. Now, and I, I shouldn't say that it's such a, I, maybe I shouldn't say such a blanket statement. I think genuinely, I, I think on some issues she is, I, I think genuinely she tries to do what's best for agriculture. I think generally she tries to do best what's best for energy. But, but at the end of the day, staying in office, getting reelected and staying in office is her number one goal, and I think she'll do whatever it takes, which is why, again, she's playing patty patty cake with Donald Trump, who most of her left-wing Democratic base thinks is a a dictator, right? We've talked about that before on this program. You know, that's what she's going to do. You know, if, if, if riding on the airplane with Trump and mugging for the crowd up on stage while he uh, teases her and calls her a good woman and everything, if that's the sort of thing that's going to get her reelected, that's what she's going to do. You know, and I don't blame her for it. I mean, it's not that different from what other politicians do. It, it's just, it's just a departure from this, you know, very carefully cultivated, uh, uh, public persona that she, she puts on for the public, right? Where she's just sort of, you know, I'm a centrist, I'm a moderate, I'm going to buck the party line, whatever. Uh, according to Congressional Quarterly, she votes with the Democrats like 80% of the time. Right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the thing I admire about Senator Heitkamp, the thing I like um, about it is, is I think that she is a very, very good politician. Right? I, I think she is just, she's just, she's just good. Um, you know, you, she, she says the right things. Uh, she, she plays the game right. She's just good at it. Um, now it's, it's phony. It's a put on. It's just that she's good at, she's good at portraying it. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. John, you're up. What's going on? Well, you know, Rob, you're, you're calling it pretty much spot on as always. Well, thanks. You know, well, I'm going to tell you, you know, the one time that she was on, uh, Mike McFeely's show here, a few months ago, I cornered her a little bit about, you know, national concealed carry reciprocity. And she walked around that subject like she was walking on hot coals, you know, yeah. just, uh, well, you know, we need to look, da, 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 da. 
You know, the Senate does have a bill introduced, but there's zero activity on that. And, and I'm going to tell you, for a senator who comes from a pro-gun state like North Dakota and one that has some of the stiffest requirements to get your concealed carry permit, you know, class one, you would think she would uh, kind of be leading the charge. But, you, would you know, think. then again, that goes against the Democratic Party. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, I mean, listen, and, and Heidi likes to set herself up as as somebody who, you know, is, is willing to buck her own party and, and to go against her own party. OK, well, the, here's a perfect issue, right? Because she gets I mean, she does a, a lot of times on energy stuff and ag stuff. I think sometimes she does. I, I think she just legitimately does. But but what about the, the well, gun issue? Oh, OK, so right. So so what, what about like this issue? You bring this up. And she's going to kind of tap dance around it a little bit. Clearly, this is what North Dakotans want. You look at where our laws are. You look at where our lawmakers have taken our laws in this state. You look at how our voters vote on the ballot box. Gun rights are an important thing for North Dakota. This should be something that they want. But she gets away with tap dancing around this stuff all the time because, again, you know, she she largely avoids going on, you know, shows or, or taking questions from people who are critical from her. Again, she won't come on this show. Do you think she should come on this show, John? I do. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, if, if you're going to walk, do you do you think her staff? Mean, you know, do you think her staff should at least answer my questions when I send an email in and just say, "Hey, can I get a comment on this or can you clarify this?" Do you think they should at least respond to me? Well, you would you would think so, Rob. You know, and again, yeah. like I said, this is where it hangs on the concealed carry reciprocity issue with her. You know, she'll, she'll back the energy bills because that's where the yeah. money trail is. But when it comes to little working class people like you and me, eh, well, you know, we're we're, we're out there when she needs the vote. Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. You know, I have been doing this for 14, as of September 10th, for 14 years now. I've been writing a blog in North Dakota. The only politician that I have never been able to book an interview with or get a comment from in the state of North Dakota, only North Dakota politician ever, Heidi Heitkamp. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Reporter on 970 WDYM, 93.1 FM. Senator Heidi Heitkamp announcing her uh, re-election campaign earlier today. I, everybody was uh, was shocked as hell. I, I know I was. Uh, <laughs> not really. Can you sense the sarcasm, Nolan? I can, I can just sense it just a little bit. Well, good, because I'm laying bit. it on pretty thick. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. I just, I, I don't know. I, if there's one thing in politics, and I, I I don't care if it's Republicans, I don't care if it's Democrats, I don't care if it's Libertarians or Socialists or who the hell it is, I hate I hate the phony nature. Uh, it's so much of it's phony, right? And, and I love... I love politics generally. I like writing about it. I like public policy. I like talking about issues. I think that this arena that we've created, although ugly at times and, and Machiavellian, is is truly the best way to govern a free society. It just is. And so I love it. I love engaging in it. I love talking about issues. I hate phony theater campaign politics. I think Doug Burgum is a good governor. I hated his campaign. I thought it was phony as a $3 bill. Uh, I, um, you know, uh, uh, Republican uh, State Senator Tom Campbell, who's already in the 2018 race, and he's already out there, and he's 
branding himself an outsider and he's got the usual uh you know t campaign ad the imagery of him out in a you know field and whatever and yeah i mean he's a farmer and all that stuff but just the brand i mean you're an outsider you've been in the legislature for the better part of a decade but yeah sure you're an outsider come on you know, and now, you know, Heidi Heitkamp, oh, I might not run for re-election while I raise millions and millions of dollars for my re-election campaign. And now all of a sudden, oh, I'm running for re-election and I'll just happen to announce it on my brother's radio station with the flagging ratings and everything because, you know, that's good for his business. And I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like like that should be talked about, right? We have a, a sitting United States senator who is essentially fluffling, fluffing the ratings of her brother's radio station by giving him exclusive access to things that, that other other media outlets and that don't necessarily have access to, right? She controls access to her for the media, but her brother's got all access, right? I mean, how is that, how is that fair, right? Is that appropriate for a sitting U.S. senator? Is that appropriate for a public servant? Last time I checked, all of us are paying her salary. Last time I checked, she's a United States senator for the entire state of North Dakota, I don't know. I, I, I think I, Heitkamp gets handled with kids' gloves. You know, Kevin Kramer, uh, love him or hate him, I don't think he ever avoids his critics. I think sometimes the press really takes it to him and good for him, and they ought to cover him aggressively. Speaking of which, he'll be on the program here in a little bit. Uh, I think all politicians ought to be covered, uh, uh, you know, uh, get covered aggressively. I think they all ought to get zingers. You know, I, I think they all ought to be treated with skepticism. There was a famous uh, quote from a reporter whose name is escaping me now, but he said, you know, essentially uh, the only direction the press should look at a politician is down. I tend to believe that. I think there should be an inherent, and I, I think that inherent sense of skepticism is is missing a lot of times from coverage of Senator Heitkamp because she's, frankly, she's likable. She is very, very good at the whole shaking hands and kissing babies thing. To her credit, I give her a ton of credit for that. She is a great politician. But sometimes you got to cut through that. And I, I think people maybe aren't willing to do that sometimes with high camp. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Meanwhile, uh, you know, adding to the list, we have uh, the only Republican officially in the United States Senate race so far is State Senator Tom Campbell. Now, it's early yet. Um and there's a there's a long list. Obviously, Congressman Kevin Kramer is a, is another name on that list. He's been considering a possible run for the United States Senate. Uh, State Board of Higher Education member and oil field uh, geologist Kathy Nessett uh, is also a name on that list. Border State CEO is the news I broke on the blog uh, not so long ago. Tammy Miller is on that list for Republicans. Uh, State Representative Rick Beckers on that list for Republicans. Uh, and adding to that list today, uh, apparently, Treasurer Kelly Schmidt. There's polling going on in the state right now, testing uh, both Becker and Schmidt again, Pike Camp in terms of a possible matchup. So that's pretty interesting. Another name. Republicans got a lot of names. I mean, this is going to be a very intense, uh, very, very, uh, very hard fought Senate race. It just is. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a big one all the way through. I, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm excited about it just as a spectator. I enjoy the race. I, I enjoy the back and forth. I enjoy the debate. I, I just, I hate the phony side. And I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat or whoever. I hate the phony stuff. I hate it when they're, they're trying to, to, to create 
this fictional version of themselves for, for the campaign trail. I mean, I wish they would just run as themselves. I wish they'd just be themselves. But then, of course, if they did that, they might not get elected. I mean, there's a reason why they play that game, because it works, and they win off. So who's to blame? Is it them or is it us? It's probably us. Congressman Kevin Kramer coming up next. If you want to get your comments or questions in, it's his open phone time, 701-293-9000, Rob Report. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAYM and 93.1 FM. Congressman Kevin Kramer joins me now for our weekly open phone segment. You can call in with, uh, with whatever questions you want for the congressman, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Congressman Kramer, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. I'm, I'm back in the swamp, and we're hard at it, and taking up uh, dozens of uh, amendments on the, our final appropriations bills for the year. And the, the good news is, um, you know, unless something breaks down by tomorrow, I think the House will will pass all 12 appropriations bills, which is the first time in over a decade that that's happened. So, uh, on time and uh, under budget. But we'll see, we'll see what we'll see what the Senate does. But but this will be the first time since I've been here um, that we've passed all 12 appropriations bills on time. So it's it's progress in the swamp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I you know I have uh, really have. Uh... I guess the question for you today, uh, Senator Heidi Heitkamp announcing that uh, she's in running for 2018, which I don't think comes as a big surprise to anybody who's been watching her fundraising numbers. She's right. Millions away. I, I don't know anybody who raises millions and millions of dollars and says, oh, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to run. But uh, your thoughts on that and any update on, on your status for 2018? I know you're going to tell me you're, you, you don't have to make a decision yet. I know it's going to be your answer, but I got to ask. Yeah, no, you do have to ask, and you, you'd only be about the fourth, fourth one today so far, and several others are waiting. But I, um, first of all, I mean, I, to your point, I'm not surprised that that she's announcing or that she announced that she's running. I think we've always believed she was going to run. Um, the timing of her announcement, you know, is I'm sure personal. Uh, I don't know whether it's strategic or not, but, um, you know, I wish her well in, in the effort. It's... Uh, it's a tough business, and the one thing I'd say about it, whether it's a, an opponent of mine or you know a political opponent or literally a um, campaign opponent, the one thing I always think that a lot of people um, maybe don't understand is that for those of us that do this, that put our names on the ballot, we have a bit of a kinship um, because we understand what the other person is going through and the, the thought process and, and how you know, how difficult it is to make these decisions for our families and whatnot. So I, I wish her well, and uh, it's her day, and she, she just earned it. And, uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll have opportunities in the future to uh, agree on some things and disagree on other things. But for now, I just congratulate her on getting in the race. And well, President, uh, President Trump, while he was in the state earlier, uh, earlier this month, was 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 pretty nice to Senator Heitkamp, which is uncharacteristic yeah. for him sometimes yeah, yeah, when right. it comes to Democrats. And I, you know, there was a lot of media speculation about, you know, did Trump just help her win the 2018 election? And then obviously, you know, you uh, are, are are potentially going to get into that race, and and I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. But you know, saying that that you were sort of standing on stage and you must have been miffed because you know he's <laughs> he's lowering your chances of, of running. What did you make of all that? Yeah, I think that's I think that's inside baseball and speculation and and drama that's not you know 
foundational in, in reality. Um, the, the reality is that, that um, he was nice to Senator Heitkamp, and he, even on the airplane before we before we took off, he told her, "I'm going to be nice to you now today, you know, Heidi, because well, you're willing to come with, and I, I try I try not to be too mean to people when they're actually with me." <laughs> to which I, I did chuckle. I said, "Well, I hadn't noticed that about you, Mr. President," and, and he laughed. And I mean, I just think you know, she was there. She deserved um, the credit for being there. And of course, he has a strategy of trying to win over those those three senators, uh, Democratic senators, who did not sign this this letter of conditions uh, on on tax reform and um in many respects, I blame uh, Senate Republicans for that because he learned through the health care repeal and replace that he can't count on every uh, on the Republicans in the Senate. They, they didn't deliver 50 votes for him, so he's looking for votes other places. I happen to think his strategy is flawed, but it's his strategy. Um, I thought he played it very well, and he, he put the, a lot of pressure on her, not just in the initial comments, but went back a couple of times and to remind her, hey, these people here want tax reform. I hope you're listening, Heidi. And So I, I thought it was a lot of good natured pressure frankly and um yeah. he's gentle he's pressure is kind yeah. of was kind yeah. of my takeaway yeah I don't. I don't think that politically. I don't know that it helped her any. Um, it, but it's it certainly put it certainly put the spotlight on her. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. You know something I wanted to talk about. Uh, um, the Obama administration kind of went after a, a pretty controversial issue. Uh, civil asset forfeiture, and I saw that that the the, the Trump administration and and Attorney General Sessions sort of rolling some of that back, and then I I, I see that there's an effort by some House Republicans, including uh, Representative Amash, uh, to to sort of re- restore some of what the Obama administration did with civil asset forfeiture. Uh, do, do you support those efforts? Can you tell us about them? You know, I really can't. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it at the at, I shouldn't say pay, pay a lot of attention to it. I, it wasn't the highest priority obviously for me um it, it, as you said it has recently taken on uh, some new um spotlight just because of what's happening but uh, I, I do know that the attorney general sessions has made it a, a seemingly a bit of a priority which frankly uh, without getting into whether it ought to be that high a priority or not the thing that has disappointed me about the attorney general is that he he backed up on um um, not looking into uh, charges for, against Lois Lerner, who who clearly lied under oath and uh, to investigators, yeah. and um, you know I think you know likely or at least possibly committed some other crimes in terms of targeting conservative groups. So the, the Attorney General Sessions' decision to roll back these Obama era curbs on on civil asset forfeiture. Um, it's. I guess it's. It's a high priority for for somebody. It's just not something that's hit my radar real as a real important issue. But seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. If you want to ask the congressman a question, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. You got the congressman now for about five more minutes. Anything you want. I got an email from Ryan. He says, Rob, I would love if you could ask Representative Kramer if there is anything he can do to talk to the House leadership to formally censure Representative Gutierrez for his vile attack upon General Kelly. It is beneath the dignity of the House for a member to conduct themselves the way that Representative Gutierrez did, uh, particularly for someone who has honorably served this country for decades and for a family who has given the ultimate sacrifice in losing a son to war. Your response? Yeah, you know, I, good question. I, thanks for bringing it up because I hadn't thought about censorship as a as a tool there. Um, 
but it might be very well be appropriate. I will check into it. You know, some of us, when we, we look at a guy like Gutierrez and we see the crazy stuff that comes out of his mouth, you know intuitively it's beneath the dignity of the office. And and yet it's sort of what we come to expect from some of the radical left in, in Congress. Their, their constituents elect them, knowing this about them, evidently support them. And so we kind of leave it up to their district to discipline those sort of things. But you're, you are right. There are, there are rules of demeanor. And um, he certainly has violated. So I, you know, I, I'll, I will take a look at it, Rob. I think it's a it's a good it's a good reminder. You know, we sort of similar to what I was saying about Lois Lerner, and you know, even some of the Hillary Clinton stuff. We have this tendency in politics when you win to just sort of let let other things go by the way, um, a political way as opposed to the justice way. And sometimes I think we maybe take some of these things too lightly. And uh, it's good to have a constituent remind us. You know, it's, it's a, anyway, it's, it's, maybe it's a little bit like, you know, the organized crime and, and uh, ill-gotten gains, if you will, uh, with regard to, to Jeff Sessions, who you sometimes forget. He, he's the one dealing with, uh, you know, the organized crime laws and, and the tools yeah. that he has available. So, you know, while, while a forfeiture, a civil uh, forfeiture doesn't rise to the height of my concern it's no less important obviously in the in the scheme of things i think similarly gutierrez representative gutierrez um you know bad mouth if you will and bad manners probably deserves a little scrutiny uh, in the official arena welcome uh well i I wanted to switch back to uh the 2018 race Mm -hmm. obviously you know and and i I know you're trying right now at least until you make a decision on getting in the Mm -hmm. race you're you're striking a collegial tone with Mm -hmm. with senator heitkamp uh and working with her and i i think that's probably something most people appreciate but i imagine eventually uh, you're going to support a republican to replace (laughs) either yourself or 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 another republican so what uh, where, where do you think Senator Heitkamp's vulnerable over the last six years? I mean, what, what has she done that, that does not commend her to office any longer? Sure. So I think there's a, a number of things, and I think specifically in the arena of, of um, regulatory overreach. You know, we, we talk oftentimes in recent months anyway about her casting the deciding vote or having the opportunity to cast the deciding vote to pass uh, a continuing or a um, a bill that that would eliminate the Obama rule on flaring, which is just an anti-North Dakota rule. It, her explanation made zero sense whatsoever. I think every, any person that hears it knows it made zero sense. Um, this was really, really an awful rule, but she she wasn't there for us. I think that's a that's happened more often than people think. It just hasn't always been the 49th or the 50th vote. Um, the Reigns Act she voted against. That's something we passed in the House. She voted against it in the Senate this year. Um, uh, Midnight Rules Act, which is what gives the president the opportunity to pass put out rules on his way out the door. Um, we, we had some reforms to that that we passed in the House uh, that I voted for. She voted against that in the Senate this year. These things all sort of slide under the radar because there's not a lot of journalists keeping track of those kinds of things. Yeah. But I think one of her greatest vulnerabilities, Rob, is her vote for the Iran nuclear deal and her explanation on it. When we see what's happened with North Korea, now we find that North Korea and Iran are actually in cahoots with each other, that Iran's nuclear program is in sync with uh, North Korea, which is something we suspected and made a case of at the time of the Iran nuclear deal. Um, and we see what North Korea is doing, and we see the consequences of kicking the ball down the road for 20 or 30 years. Um, and now we would actually leg- legitimize the exact same behavior in Iran. I think, to, to me, that's 
that may be her most vulnerable point, and it's going to be, be made even more vulnerable depending on what North Korea does. Um, but it's hurt North Korea's economy. It's hurt our energy economy as well as in national and, and global security. So, you know, I, there, there are a few of the cards that I just lay on the table because, um, you know, it's been done, and I think it's very going to be very difficult for her to explain. Well, it's going to be an interesting race in 2018. Uh, it's going to be a very active one, I think, no matter who gets in. It's going to be competitive, and I think that's good for our state. So, I agree with uh, that, too. <laughs> well, Mr. Congressman, thanks for your time. Rob, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, and uh, hope, I hope you enjoyed the president's visit. I think it was a really, really great day for well, North Dakota. I thought, I thought North Dakota looked great, and I thought Donald Trump looked great. Well, I think you know that I wasn't a fan of the president early on, uh, right. certainly not during his, his campaign and the early days of his administration, but... He's growing on me. I think he's getting better at this. So I, I think he is too, and I think that he was at his best in Mandan. I really do, and yeah. so I, I was proud of him and, and proud of North Dakota. And honestly, I think this is a good move. Some of these some of these deals he's pulling with the Democrats. I think long term, mm-hmm. I think that takes the wind out of the sails of this idea that he's. It's tough to call him Hitler when he's having dinner with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's right. That's I, right. I, I, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty tough. Anyway, okay, uh, Congressman, well, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right, but Rob, thank you. Bye bye. We'll wrap the show up after this, 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Uh, I'm going to be joining uh, Jay Thomas coming up here at uh, 2.30. We're uh, going to talk a little bit about this property tax situation. I talked about this yesterday, and I, I, I've got a print column uh, out today. Um, you know, I, listen, there's an effort, and, and part of it's partisan politics. You know, the Democrats looking for a... Uh, uh, you know, for, for for an election year issue to beat Republicans up on, and and to be fair, uh, the legislature did not. You know, they the property tax buy downs they were doing was poor public policy. Although I remember that being bipartisan policy, so I don't know. Uh, and then the other um, the other the other reason, you know, the, the property tax is is it's just local political leaders passing the buck. Right. I mean, it's it's easy to blame the legislature. It's easy to blame Bismarck. I mean, the, the game they play is they want local control. Right. They, they want to be in control of their spending, uh, but they want to blame Bismarck for for the taxation. Right. So they want all the credit, none of the blame. And that's just not a recipe for good governance. I, I, th- I think North Dakotans need to get back to holding their local governments responsible. And also, North Dakotans need to make peace with the fact that if you want your local government to provide you with 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 you know, robust amenities and services, you're going to have to pay for it, right? That's what local control means. If you want local government and local control, that comes with you ponying up for that water park or you ponying up for that whatever it is, new school or whatever, that you need to pay for that. Those come out of your property taxes. That's the dynamic we need to get to instead of this passing the buck up to higher levels of government all the time. That's not a recipe for... uh, for good things. Also, uh, Jay Thomas uh, has Wayne Stengem on at 305 to ca- talk about this Equifax thing, uh, which is just a, an absolute nightmare. Uh, Nolan, did you did you uh, have you checked? You I did actually. I checked this morning. Uh, I tried to check. I couldn't get their website to work. Oh well, I got their website to work this morning, and I 
came up with uh, negative results that I wasn't at risk. So I was trying. I was trying last night. Uh, Attorney General Stendham's office. I, I think the, what was the number like two hundred eighty thousand North Dakotans, something affected? like that. Yes, I, it was over two hundred thousand. That's what I remember. And it was like it was like a hundred and thirty some million nationally. Yeah, I mean that's just a. You you know what makes me think? I mean, because everybody's freaking out, right? Because your personal information's out there, or whatever. But part of me's thinking, like. That that is so much information. Like, how many people could possibly be victimized by that? Right. Yeah. I mean, it just we're now overloading the criminals. Like, there's not enough. There's not enough criminals to take advantage of all that information. They don't know what to right? do with it all. Right. I mean, so so part of it's like I'm looking at it. Like, if if it was like six people released, well, okay, yeah, those six people probably better figure something out. But if you're one of 135 million, right? I mean, what are the odds of winning the lottery? I wonder what the odds are of, of being a member. And, and listen, I'm not trying to make light of it or, or minimize it. I mean, it's a it's a terrible thing, and I think there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of things we could say about privacy in, in general in the digital age, whether it's our finances or our personal, whatever it is. There's a lot of things we could say about that. I'm just saying, if you're one of 135 million, what are the odds that you're actually going to be targeted? You know, I mean, just statistically. How, how many people are there out there that they're going to do this? How many of them are going to be able to take advantage of this information within the time window that it's still useful in and, and be able to get away with it? You know, with, with all the monitoring and the online banking and everything we've got going on today, I mean, how, how useful is this stuff really? I guess I don't know. Um, I don't, I, to, to me, I'm thinking if I'm one of 135 million, I'm not sure how worried I actually am. And I suppose if I can get their website to work, Equifax, maybe I could figure out if I am one of that 130 whatever billion. Maybe I'll try again after the show. I'll be on with Jay coming up at 2.30. Like I said, we're going to talk about property taxes. Also, he's going to have Attorney General Wayne Stengem on to talk about the Equifax issue. All that coming up on the Jay Thomas Show. Remember, you can always catch me, Rob Port, here on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM from 1 to 2 p.m. Or, of course, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again.